Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know. What were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids just like yours. And all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. This is The Edge with Jonathan Von Tobel and Matt Humans on VSN, the Sports Betting Network. What up? Welcome in. We only got an hour with you today, as we do every single day, and it's a good show. Mark Lawrence is going to be with us, professional handicapper. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark Lawrence. We'll get his thoughts on the upcoming football card, both college and professional. And that's where we begin the National Football League, Matt Humans. Quite the bit of news early this morning in the NFL, as it is reported and confirmed that Aaron Rodgers has tested positive for COVID. Uh, big picture, by the way, sounds like a COVID outbreak at Green Bay, so keep that in mind as you go forward, right? Devontae Adams, Alan Lazard last week, now Green Bay, or excuse me, Aaron Rodgers this week. So this was a number that was floating around pick. Some spots got to Green Bay minus one. We are now looking at the board, and we see that the Kansas City Chiefs are a seven or a seven-and-a-half point favor with a total of 48. Yeah, I think this has got to be the point spread weekly cover jinx. Yeah. We sent out point spread weekly this morning. One hour later, Aaron Rodgers ruled out with COVID this week. Was he on the cover? Yes, he was nice. on the cover. Nice. Aaron Rodgers, a cover boy this week, and uh, it's kind of a midseason report. A look at the best teams in the NFL. Packers written off by many after week one. Now, if you ask, uh, if I ask you who's the number one team in the NFL, what do you answer? Packers, Rams, Bills? Right. Packers are in that discussion, yep. right? Top three. My answer would be Rams for what it's Some worth. Some people but. might say Cowboys. Dave Ross at VSIN would say Cowboys. Mm, the big, I don't know, Mike McCarthy, coach of the year candidate, might be holding them back. <laughs> anyway, last week we had Joe Burrow on the cover. Bengals lost to the Jets oh, this week. Aaron Rodgers on the cover. And JVT, I believe, on uh, the cover of Point Spread Weekly before that, a couple weeks before that, we had. Russell Westbrook and LeBron James. How's that working out for the Lakers so far? Not so well. Okay. Uh, they did get the win last night, but <laughs> only by two points. Now, but here's the thing about this Aaron Rodgers. You traded up to draft Jordan Love two years ago in the first round. You trade up to draft him in the first round. At this point, he should be ready to play. You could say, hey, this is an overreaction. I think this number is up over seven. Yeah. Uh, I would look to take the Packers here. I think they can run the ball effectively enough on this uh, KC defense to make the Packers worth a play in a dog roll. Assuming Jordan Love uh, does not play a mistake-riddled game. Here's a tweet from Pro Football Talk. Uh, Today, Aaron Rodgers is not vaccinated. In August, he created a clear impression that he is. Throughout the preseason, he repeatedly violated protocol by not wearing a mask on the sidelines when not in uniform, presumably to bolster his ruse. And uh, here's the thing. If you're a reporter who covers the Packers, any good reporter, you have to pay close attention to the words people use. Mm-hmm. And the quote from Aaron Rodgers at the time was, yeah, I'm immunized and uh, blah, blah, blah. 
He didn't say he was vaccinated. So if you're standing there and he says, I'm immunized and, you know, it's guys' personal decisions if they want to be vaccinated, you have to you have right. to follow up and say, what the hell does immunize mean? Did you get the vaccine shot or not? And obviously none of the Packers reporters did their job here. And Aaron Rodgers snuck through. And, you know, even if you are vaccinated, you can still test positive for COVID-19. Right. But obviously he was you could call it a lie, you could call it a half-truth, whatever, a ruse, but Aaron Rodgers obviously fooled uh, some people, and it shouldn't have happened. Well, and I think we don't have to spend time on this because it's not important, but from the standpoint of him potentially violating protocols on the sidelines, too, like what that means for him in terms of fines and whatnot, uh-huh. like that's going to be pretty fascinating. He's Aaron Rodgers. He doesn't care. Yeah, right. He He's too care. cool. I got to tell you, the luster's worn off. He, he got an alternative... Uh, <laughs> what, you know, or, like blood transfusion. I don't like, know what yeah, it was. Yeah, he, yeah. he saw a witch doctor in Twin right. Falls, Idaho. I don't know what he did. They spit on him. They rubbed clay on his face, and it was all good. <laughs> but he didn't get vaccinated. Right. And now he's out this week. And the line has moved from the line has moved from Monday uh, morning to now ten yep. points. Yep. Ten points. Okay. So here's my thing. But we have seen in the past that he at times he has been worth ten points. Yep. To the number in Packers games. It's up to Jordan Love to prove that's not the case anymore. Yeah. So it, we always talk about this, right? It's about the difference between the quarterback and the quarterback behind him. So if you're going from Aaron Rodgers to Tom Brady, there would be no drop off in any way whatsoever right. from the point spread. Uh, but you're going from an un, from Aaron Rodgers to an unknown commodity in Jordan Love. Here's my thing, though, and you brought up the most important point out of all of this. The team on the other side is 31st in DVOA defensively. They are the fifth worst defense from PFF grading standpoint. We can go across the board and talk about how bad this Kansas City Chiefs defense has been against adequate offenses. And so to see this just skyrocket in the other direction where the Chiefs are laying seven and a half and the flip side of it is, you have a quarterback mm-hmm. and an offense that can't stop turning the ball over. Right. So now all of a sudden, like, while Aaron Rodgers might be worth, like, in a vacuum, seven points, or the difference between him and Jordan Love might be seven, seven and a half points, whatever it is, I feel like we're maybe rushing a little bit too quickly. And remember, you know, we've seen instances before. I mean, these two teams played one another, right? And the Kansas City Chiefs didn't have their quarterback in Patrick Mahomes. They yeah. can still operate at a high level, right, if the scheme is perfectly set around exploiting the weakness of the other team. And I think there's still a universe in which Green Bay did can come out. Did the Chiefs start Matt Moore? Who, who did they I think start? it was Matt Moore game? in that game, if I remember. That was correctly. Matt Moore, and yeah. they had a shot to win that game. Aaron Rodgers made a ridiculous throw mm-hmm. for a touchdown back in the corner of the end zone. Uh, for the Packers to escape that game. I'm still looking to play the Packers in this game. Uh, I would like to get more than seven. Obviously, it was a little bit slow on the trigger this morning. Some books had seven and a half and eight up there. And um, I'm sure I'll get a chance to get that this week. I, nobody really knows what to expect from Jordan Love. It was Matt Moore, by the way. Yeah. 24-36 in that game, 267, two touchdowns. You know, he played pretty well. Andy Reid yeah. scripted a good game plan for him. Uh, there, there's still some – the Superbook's got seven and a half – Caesars, Circa's got seven and a half minus 105 on KC. So uh, don't grab the seven on the Packers if you like that side. Uh, there are seven and a halfs you can grab out there. I'm not sure it's going to go to eight. I think KC's going to be a popular play for a lot of people on a teaser this week because you got Patrick Mahomes. You look at it simplistically, you say, oh, it's Mahomes against Jordan Love. How can the Chiefs not win right. at Arrowhead? Well, the Chiefs not very good right now. The Packers they running attack. snuck day. by the New York Giants at home. Yeah. The Packers running attack is going to be uh, – the Chiefs are going to have their hands full with that. So I think the Packers still got a shot yep. to win this game. I'm just, in general, disappointed in reporters who didn't do their job. This is week nine of the NFL season when a guy says, yeah, I'm immunized, and uh, it's up to guys to decide if they want to get vaccinated. Well, you I have saw- to say, seriously, what the hell does that mean? You're saw- immunized. Did you get the vaccine shot or not? Nobody followed up with that question. I saw a lot of people hanging on the, the, the first part of the answer, which was, yeah. A lot of people were hanging on. The, oh, he said, yeah. So we're fine. <laughs> you got you to gotta follow up. You By have way, to follow up. That also I've worked with a lot of reporters over the years, radio hosts, TV hosts. You're a journalist yourself. Well, who don't listen when the subject is answering a question. They don't listen. They're thinking about what's my next question going to be. I worked with a host here at VSIN who's one of the worst interviewers of all time. He wouldn't listen to uh, the subject's answers, never listen to the answers. He would abruptly change the topic, never follow up on anything. That's not you, by I was going to say, I changed He may my or ways. may not I still work here. Ways. I'm not going to name names. But there are a lot of reporters like that. You have to pay attention very closely to the words people use. Very true. Very true. Spoken like a real journalist. So, uh, Chiefs again, seven, seven and a half. Uh, total, too, by the way, uh, it's sitting at 48 right now. We saw that as high as 53 and a half. So that's about a five and a half point difference, if my math is correct, uh, on that total, too, <laughs> and the difference there. Yep. 
And like I said, look, we don't know anything about Jordan Love. I would say that I know that the, you know, all the narrative behind the Jordan Love pick, there's probably a reason why Jordan Love was selected with the first, like, or with a first round selection. And he's uh-huh. been able to sit behind Aaron Rodgers and sit in the system and learn it. So who knows what's going to happen in terms of the drop off, but it seems pretty strong given what we know about the Kansas City Chiefs side of things. Because uh, just because Aaron Rodgers isn't playing doesn't mean the turnovers are going to stop for the Kansas City Chiefs right, on right. offense, right? right? We're talking about a team that's 3 15 and 1 against yep. the spread in the past 19 games of KC Chiefs. Uh, all right, with that, let's get back to yesterday, too, because this was the big story of the day. You all right? You heated? College football playoff rankings come out. Yeah, I know no, you I really care that. about these You know, things. Jimmy Ott of ESPN Radio and Baton Rouge, I go on his show on Tuesday afternoons. He asks me, what do you think of the playoff ra- rankings? I, I, you know, I don't really care. These, these first rankings don't mean much of anything. They mean everything. But it is good for the sport in this way. The playoff, I think, is terrible for the sport. The four-team playoff is a travesty. Uh, these, these, this annual dog, this weekly dog and pony show that ESPN puts on for by, ratings, yeah. huh? For ratings, yep. Yeah, it's all it's all for ratings, but it does create a lot of conversation around the sport. So that's what that's what college football, that's what the NCAA want. You want people talking about your sport. So last night, I'm sure the, every talk show, every sports talk show in the country, Steve Cofield's going to be doing it here <laughs> in Vegas. Everybody's going to be talking about these rankings. How can Cincinnati be number six? Blah blah blah. You go on and on. You know, I don't really care. We got a whole month to play out before we get to the the final four. It's uh, we know the we know the system is rigged. It's corrupt. Right. Whatever whatever words you want to use, you knew that going in. How did you watch the rankings last night? Say, that's it. I've had it. I can't take it anymore. I was, this happens year after year. I was genuinely what? surprised when people were like, "How can Cincinnati not be like? Have you not been paying attention for the last <laughs> however long it's been? Like, what are we doing? Since 2014, right. I think. Was it the first this. year where uh, Oklahoma jumped TCU yeah. or whatever it was right. that happened in the first year of the playoff? Like, we, this is what we do, man. This is what's going to happen. And, and and again, the year of parody that everybody keeps talking about. I told you this off the air multiple times. All of this parody that everybody keeps talking about. It's a great year for college football. The college football playoff. We're looking dead in the face of Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Oklahoma when all is said and done if all of them take care of business. Now let's hope let's hope for chaos here in the last month. Let's hope that uh, um, I would like to see Ohio State go there. I, I still think the Buckeyes are beatable, uh, but their quarterback mm-hmm. play is not as dynamic as it's been in the recent years. Ohio State could go down. I'm not sure if if Jim Harbaugh is capable of doing it. Um, maybe Michigan State could do it, but somebody could possibly take down Ohio State. Um, somebody could take down Oklahoma. Uh, how about if How about if Alabama loses to Georgia in the SEC championship? You get, you got a two loss Alabama team. Oh, they're in. You know, I, I I think so too. I think Bama would still be in. But yeah. let's hope for chaos. Last night, the thing that irritates me about that show is that the the committee chairman always comes on and says, you know, they always disrespect. Like in the NCAA tournament, they'll disrespect mid major teams. They get like a twelve seed or whatever. Oh, the committee has great respect for Cincinnati. <laughs> BS. Uh, the committee's trying to find I, any way possible to screw Cincinnati. I would That's love it if they, if they just came just out. Say and be, the truth. Right. Huh? I would love right. if they came out and be like, guys, it's Cincinnati, okay? They have one win. It's Notre Dame. The other one is Indiana. Indiana right. sucks right now, and the conference is not very good. So I'd have more respect. By the way, um, Joey Galloway was super mad about this. He's like, I can't believe – I can understand Cincinnati not being at the top four, but I can't believe they had him where they put him. And Reese Davis like, well, where do you want him? There's only one more spot. He's, yeah. They should be fired. Fired. They should be fired. <laughs> like, he's really fired up about Actually, that. we got tweets from Tim Brando, Joel Klatt, yep. and Brad Powers to get to on this topic. Yeah, too. let's get back yeah. to that on the other side, especially with Brad Powers tweeted out. Uh, we talk all about this parody. Uh, it seems like it's going to be a lot of fun in the college football playoff. Hey guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. We got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to get Creighton? You don't watch Creighton. And I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shane and the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. They're, well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That, like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team? Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs>
And then they're never at any of the – Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys, and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Durk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Durk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me – see the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. CNN Underscore's Guide to Sleep has tons of recommendations for products that can help you get the best night's sleep ever. All right, let's face it. Most of us have had trouble falling or staying asleep at some point. And there are a lot of products and hacks claiming to be the solution to our sleepless nights. That's why the CNN Underscore team spend hundreds of hours testing products to find the ones that can make a huge difference in the quality of your slumber. Visit Underscore.com now for our ultimate guide to getting better sleep. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. The VSIN midseason football special is here for only $99. You get everything VSIN has to offer from now to the end of the NFL playoffs. Daily best bet emails, 24 7 video streaming, betting splits for every sport, point spread weekly, plus in depth data and analysis on vsin.com and the upcoming College Hoops betting guide, which is going to be out next week. College Hoops. Tips off Tuesday. This is a great deal, only at $99 for the rest of the football season. Sign up now, vcin.com slash subscribe. Yep. Uh, we already got lines of two, by the way, at some operators in terms of the games next Wednesday. So that's going to be yeah. exciting. Cannot wait. A really deep card on Wednesday, Thursday, the first few days of the college basketball season. Okay. With that, now let's talk a little bit more about these rankings. We'll tie in some sports betting analysis to this, too, because Brett Powers does a great job, uh, awesome college football handicapper, and tweeted out some projected lines uh, for the current matchups in the college football playoff. And this is why I think there should be some sort of odds maker influence on what is happening with these college football playoffs, mm-hmm. but it's never going to happen. Uh, because if you want the four best teams, right? Well, there's probably going to be some different teams in the college football playoff. Check this out. Uh, projected college football playoff semifinal spreads with via Brad Powers. Georgia would be a 17.5-point favorite in that range over Oregon. Alabama would project to be about an 18.5-point favorite over Michigan State. Yeah, and by the time that Alabama-Michigan State game tipped off, it would probably be up to 21. <laughs> yes. That's, that's typically the way it goes. Um, don't forget this, though. A lot of people... And I agree, these, uh, these, semi, these semifinal matchups are not that intriguing. That's why I wish we could have the 18 playoff or the 12-team playoff now. Let's yep. just get to it. Uh, let's move ahead. And the sport needs to be progressive. It, doesn't, it, doesn't, it shouldn't take four or five years to install this. Cincinnati led Georgia in the fourth quarter of the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. That's the only bowl game where I'll actually use the sponsor's name. Okay. Nice. The Bearcats should have won the Chick-fil-A Peach Bowl. So a lot of people think, well, this Georgia's so dominant. Georgia would crush Cincinnati. Hey, they just played 10 months ago, and Cincinnati should have won the game. So don't dismiss Cincinnati as a team that's some sort of joke from a small conference. They should have beat Georgia in, the, in that bowl game. And, uh, but Brad, Brad Powers is exactly right. No matter what the matchups, Alabama would be a 14-point favorite over Cincinnati at right. least, right? Well, and so, that's, that's yeah. the point that Brad pointed out in, like, in these two because he also added some projected Cincinnati point spreads. You know, Cincinnati projected to be about a five-and-a-half-point favorite over Michigan State, right? right? So like, that speaks to like, how good this Cincinnati team is, at least from a power rating perspective. They'd only be catching a nine I'm not against sure Ohio Cincinnati State. would be five-and-a-half over Michigan but State. I, I, think, I, I thought that was strong, too. I but would I'm say a, three. But, I, but the point is, is I think they'd be favored, right, over right. Michigan State. 
Yeah, Brad knows his stuff, right. but I, I still think that sounds a little bit high. But you look at it, right, in, in the range of about 10 against Ohio State, catching 10 Cincinnati, probably closer to two touchdowns given public influence, right. but that'll probably be the case. Like To your point of this being a team that shouldn't be really punted on in terms of competitive nature, I, I don't think so either, but at the end of the day, you know, we're at this point, we're not going to have the four best teams, but it doesn't matter because the, only the final rankings matter. <laughs> That's right. That's going to be in December. And this is uh, November 3rd, and everybody's upset. Anyway, how about Tim Brando? I love it. Brando goes off. Fired up. Uh, he talks about playoff privilege, privilege for the uh, Power Five. Quote his tweet, I'm not buying what Curb Herbstreet is selling about Alabama football losing, clearing the way. No way a two-loss Bama team doesn't go over an undefeated Cincinnati team. Sorry, pure playoff privilege reigns. A corrupt system, period. This is all a setup. Total garbage. Tim wow. Brando. Tim Brando's first time. Last night. Huh? This is this Tim Brando's first time watching the college football playoff ranking show? No, what? but he does this every year. He gets upset about this every year. He's done this on our show. Of uh, course, yeah. It's, it's okay. Also, last night, Joel Klatt talking about the uh, college football playoff committee. For the record, I am in favor of any measure that will, would dilute or strip power from this ridiculous 13-person committee. The structure of the college football playoff has done more harm to our great sport than good. My hope is that expansion will fix some of the issues. I won't hold my breath. I think expansion, what it's going to do is at least get one of these non-Power 5 teams in, right? Mm -hmm. A team like Cincinnati would get in with the expanded playoffs and wouldn't have to sweat it. If you got eight teams, you could have seven Power 5s and you're going to have Cincinnati. Uh, But, yeah, it it does mean, in general, I I understand, don't you – take the same skeptical view of it, that uh, even when you have more teams in the playoff, that just means there's going to be more spots for the Power Five. Yeah, more course. spots for the SEC, more spots for the Big Ten, blah, blah, blah. Right, right? As, the, as the SEC expands, you're going to need to expand the playoff because, and I'm, I'm sorry, I'm not including Texas. Texas hasn't sniffed the playoff yet, so this doesn't matter. But a team like Oklahoma that is a regular, right, is a regular contender in the college football playoff, you're going to have to expand it because in a four-team playoff, there's no way you can justify, you can justify two. Mm-hmm. You can't justify three teams. Right from the no, same conference no at a four-team playoff, no so of course they're going to expand because then of course they can get their darling programs in, uh-huh. and then you'll throw in the you know Cincinnati every once every few years or whatever it is they'll get in and then they'll get blasted in like a semifinal matchup or whatever and that's it. Well, hopefully they won't get blasted. Well, yeah, I am hoping, but as we go forward, <laughs> Cincinnati did not get blasted by Georgia. That's it. In the Chick Fil A Peach Bowl. You want to wrap up the World Series? Uh, I guess. Yeah, sure. It's over. The Braves won the World Series yesterday. The Houston Astros and uh, Luis Garcia, it looked like uh, the short rest, it actually kind of worked against him. It wasn't really finding his stroke, and then sure enough, uh, gives up a, was it a three-run blast to start the game? Now, I will say, if we want to get into the minutia of it, uh, there was a check swing earlier in that bat from Soler that uh, I think he probably went and the inning is over, mm-hmm. and maybe it changes the result, but it doesn't matter because... The um, the Braves ported on last night seven to nothing, and without Ronald Acuna Jr., they go and they win the World Series. How about that? It's remarkable. Uh, Jorge Soler, if you watched him this summer for the Kansas City Royals, you would have. Somebody told you, hey, this guy's going to be World Series MVP. You'd yeah. say, well, what the hell are you talking about? Jorge Soler about he hit one ninety two for Kansas City. Mm-hmm. Uh, also, you have to give the Braves just. An incredible amount of credit for what happened there. This is a team with a losing record at the All-Star break. Ronald Acuna Jr., Jr., one of the top ten players in baseball, goes down with an injury. I said this, I had the Braves to win the uh, NL East at plus 175. Acuna goes down. I said, well, that bet's lost. I don't know how the Braves can win the division without this guy. So he did a great job at the trade deadline, making moves, picking up players like Jock Peterson and Soler. Uh, in a National League where you had the Giants winning 107 games, the Dodgers winning 106, the Dodgers picking up two of the best players in baseball at the trade deadline in uh, Max, Turner, Max Scherzer, Scherzer and yeah. Trey Turner, and uh, still the Braves go on. A Braves team that won 88 games goes on to win the World Series. I don't think you can emphasize enough how remarkable this accomplishment is for yeah. Atlanta. Uh, yeah. I completely agree. And you talk about Solaire being, what, 30-1 to 1 or so to win MVP? Yeah, World props to, I think Jason Weingarten gave out Solaire yesterday on v as an MVP candidate. Uh, who would have who pegged Solaire before right. uh, before the series? Hey, yeah, this guy could be MVP. There's no way you would have really thought that. But uh, that's baseball, man. It's, it's a strange game, and 
Uh, I thought the New York Post had the best headline. Did you see that today? Uh, I did. You want to read it off? Because uh, you know me. You want to let you want to let everything bygones be bygones. You want to let the Astros forget about what they did. I personally do not. Right? No. I need them to remember. Uh, of course, because uh, they've been very uh, flippant about their actual role in cheating. But they deserve every bit of guff that they've been getting this year. Uh, this is a great uh, back page on the New York Post, which always does a great job with the headlines. Of course, VSIN, we have an affiliation with the Post. We put a lot of copy in yep. there every week, sports betting related. How about this? Take it, excuse me, take it out the trash. The Braves bang their way past the cheats for their first title since 95. Obviously, uh, New York Post headline writers. Uh, prob- probably a couple of Yankees fans in that group. Take it out the trash. They, t- they take out the cheats. And um, that's actually that's a great headline by the Post. And as we look ahead, uh, the odds, of course, up for next year. Uh-huh. World Series winner, the favorite. I'll let you guess who the favorite I'm is. I'm going to say Dodgers. Dodgers are plus 550 over at DraftKings. Astros second at 7-1. to one. Yankees at 9-1. to one. You're Yankees. White Sox at 10-1. to one. Braves 12-1. to one. And then the Blue Jays at 13-1. to one. Yankees brought back Aaron Boone. That's that's like the that's like the like the Cowboys bringing back Mike McCarthy. He's talking about he's a favorite to win Coach of the Year. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> We're going to talk about that again on Friday's show this week. Save that graphic on the NFL Coach of the Year. That, that's just too much for me to uh, get over this week. Mike McCarthy, the favorite to win NFL Coach of the Year. It's like saying Aaron Boone, the the manager of the year in baseball. Really, Never going to happen. Really pushed all the right buttons. You know what I mean. Andrew Heaney coming out of the bullpen really worked tremendously for the New York Yankees. I think both managers who uh, made it to the World Series did a great job. So if you look at these pitching staffs, you did not have dominant starting pitchers on either side, and a great job by the Braves and Astros to get that far. And and I think, too, you really saw – and look, the the Braves were in the similar situation once they lost Morton. But not having Lance McCullers Jr. for the Houston Astros really did hurt them. You know, having to throw Garcia out there on short rest and him obviously not having the same stuff Mm -hmm. in a situation where he probably went a little bit more rested, the rotation gets pushed back, and McCullers is available. So uh, that really did hurt him. But kudos for the Astros. And I think kudos to this Braves pitching staff. Like, throughout this postseason, it's been incredible to watch them work. Like, they have done a really good job going throughout this postseason and how dominant to an extent they have been. We have to give Max Fried credit for stepping up last night after he did not have a, a very good postseason. There's going to be a lot of interesting things that happen in the baseball. And the, where's Corey Seager going to go? You've got a, you got a lot of uh, – how about Carlos Correa you know, right. for the Astros? A lot of these big-time uh, shortstops could be on the move. I, think, I don't think Freddie Freeman's going anywhere. but Technically um, a free agent now, though. Yeah, uh, there's – you can't let the, you can't let Freddie Freeman go. He's the face of the franchise. Get him out of here, huh? No, I'm just kidding. All right, <laughs> well, we have plenty left to get to. Uh, we're going to talk on like the other the Yankees side. trading Aaron Judge. Yeah, you don't do it. Don't do it. Okay, Corey Seager, Trevor Story, Max Scherzer, all of these guys. We're going to hit the market, or actually have hit the market because the season's over. All right, Mark Lawrence with us on the other side as we get back to football. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. All right, welcome back. This segment of The Edge is brought to you by Zen Nicotine Pouches, a fresh way to enjoy nicotine without all the baggage of cigarettes, dip, or vape. No more smelling like an ashtray. No more spit cups. No batteries to charge or leaky equipment to deal with. Zen Nicotine Pouches are smoke-free, spit-free, and available in 10 varieties like Spearmint, Wintergreen, Citrus, and many more. And for your convenience, each variety comes in two strengths, so you can easily find the satisfaction level that's perfect for you. Zen, America's number one nicotine pouch, available in over 100,000 locations nationwide, meaning it's never been easier to find your Zen. So head on over to zen.com slash find to locate a store near you. That's Z-Y-N dot com slash fine warning this product contains nicotine nicotine is an addictive chemical all right mark lawrence has had a great football season 32 and 18 on his best bets playbooksports.com let's bring on mark lawrence now yep uh, before we get to the college ranks let's get to the national football league because i know there's one on his card and it's the headline of the day uh mark there is going to be no Aaron Rodgers for this game this weekend against the Kansas City Chiefs. Market has pushed this as high as 7.5 in favor of Kansas City with a total of 48. Uh, we were talking about, yeah, you know, like we know about Kansas City, the defense, the turnovers for the offense. What do you see here with an inflated number of over a touchdown in favor of the Chiefs? I like the, uh, the points in the Green Bay Packers in this football game, guys, for a couple of reasons. Number one, aside from the value that you're getting, 
what you have in Jordan Love is another backup quarterback getting his chance, a lot like what we saw last week uh, with Mike White and uh, Cooper Rush. Uh, what you find is these backup quarterbacks that step in for a starting quarterback, the team rallies around that quarterback in that first start. We saw that last week. And it's not like you're beating a Kansas City football team that's hitting on all cylinders right now. In fact, this football team is really amongst the bottom tier of the league for the way they played of late here. I think this is a lot of value with the Green Bay Packers in this game. All right, Packers plus seven and a half out there at several spots right now, seven and seven and a half. Mark Lawrence uh, with us now. Mark, you strike me as the type of guy who probably doesn't get too worked up or ticked off over the college football play, playoff rankings last night. Not at all, uh, because we know <laughs> <laughs> we know what's coming. Uh, uh-huh. You know, I can remember uh, I can remember Matt in years past when it first started. I was all anxious. I had my pen and paper out, and I was marking them down and doing that, and been doing that, and doing that for years and years. I said to myself, "What am I doing this for? I'm going to be able to read about it here in about an hour, and it's there whenever I want to research it." So. Uh, it is what it is. What I like to do with it is to look at this first poll to see uh, where it started and where it ends for the final poll mm-hmm. and see how many of these top four teams that would have made the playoffs do not make the playoffs by the time the final poll rolls around. Well, right now, Wake Forest comes in at number nine, uh, Mark, and this week Wake is a two-and-a-half-point road dog at North Carolina. High total here of around 76. How do you uh, size up the Wake-North Carolina matchup in the ACC? I think if, uh, if if I'm Dave Clawson, the head coach of Wake Forest, I'm talking to my guys in the locker room, I'm talking about a Rodney Dangerfield approach to this game. No respect at all for Wake Forest in the football game. They're taking points from a four-loss North Carolina football team. And you've got in Wake Forest here a team that uh, is playing as well or better than anybody in the ACC right now. And I want to know what happens when when and if Wake Forest runs the table, wins the ACC. How do you keep them out of the college football playoff? I like them real well this week to do just that. But let me ask you guys that. If Wake runs the table, how do you keep them out of the college football playoff? Uh, you put in Alabama, Georgia, Ohio State, and Oklahoma. Yeah. That's how you keep them out. Uh, Mark, Oklahoma? <laughs> I, I'm, not saying, okay. I'm not saying that's what I would do. I'm saying that's what the committee would The uh, committee would find a way to keep Wake out. Yeah. yeah, I'd also say, yeah, Mark, right. we have a track history of the committee going, ah, F it, we don't really care. Let's just put in the brands, and then we'll, uh, we'll move on well, from Well, they there. could try it out the committee chairman and say, the committee has the greatest respect for Wake Forest, <laughs> but that's our number five team. Right, yeah. exactly. Okay. Uh, all right, let's get back to the board. Uh, let's talk about this SEC matchup, Tennessee-Kentucky. We saw some spots uh, open up five here in favor of Kentucky. We're now sitting at a pick, Marco. What do you see in this matchup? Well, I can understand the move to Tennessee in the football game. Uh, Kentucky has the look and feel of a football team that uh, came out real strong, caught a lot of people by surprise early on, but then when they tripped up, they met their Waterloo. It's like uh, it's almost like that Peter principle. They advance to that level. Maybe they can't handle that incompetence, and they've come back to the pack here right now. And I like this Tennessee football team. Uh, I like real well what they're doing, building for the future here. I think this is an ideal spot for Tennessee to come in here and steal the victory here. I don't like the line move, though. I don't want to ha- like having to chase that from a five-point dog to a pick em. Right. Okay, let's go to a team that's going to play Cincinnati on November 20th. That's SMU. And, uh, Mark, SMU is a favorite at Memphis. And uh, I'm not sure which side you like here, if you like the total, but uh, it's SMU laying four and a half or five at Memphis with a total of 71. Well, as you know, Matt, in our playbook newsletter, we – talk a lot this year at uh, at this time of the year about bubble bursts and things we call putting on the stats and SMU is the epitome of a bubble burst this week and basically what that is in a nutshell is an undefeated football team starts out 7 and 0 or better loses as a favorite and then comes back as a favorite the next game it's very very difficult to get back up off the mat in situations like that not only that but the manner in which SMU lost the football game last week. I mean, it's going to be real difficult, I think, for this team to get back up. And you've got a team in Memphis here that's more than capable of going toe-to-toe with SMU on their home field here. I think this is a real nice spot for Memphis in this football game. All right, what's the uh, spot like then for Ohio State coming off of a uh, close call against Penn State? It opens 16. We're down to as low as 14.5 with a total of 64.5 against Nebraska. You know, J.V., I think uh, it's my opinion. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio, and I follow the Buckeyes most of my life here, and I see here uh, of late 
they really play much better football on the road than they do at home. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that reason is, number one, from a handicapping perspective, there's more value, less points you lay in situations like that, less pressure than there is at home. Uh, and I think your Ohio State's going to come with their full focus this week, especially after landing in the number five slot in the college football playoff. They can they can handle that themselves because uh, the two of the teams that are ahead of them in the rankings, uh, both uh, Michigan State, uh, or I should say Michigan State, they're going to play them and meet them, and they can take care of business there that way. But I I'm, I feel there's a, something going on at Nebraska that's going to be really ugly, and that's going to be Scott Frost's departure before the end of this football season here. He's finding ways to lose games uh, more often than not, sort of like the Anthony Lynn of, uh, of the NFL in college football. <laughs> he loses these close-call football games, and the fans don't stand for that. And you know, I like Scott Frost. I think he did a terrific job at UCF, but he's not doing it here at Nebraska. I think Ohio State comes in here and makes a statement. Yeah, that's uh, Scott Frost was supposed to be the savior in Lincoln. That has not been the case, and uh, he's on a hot seat. I'm going to ask you about Michigan State in a second, but you're right. Uh, the top five in the college football playoff, Georgia, Alabama, Michigan State, Oregon, and Ohio State, and Michigan State plays at Ohio State on November 20th and uh, Ohio State hosts Purdue next week. So let's talk about Michigan State and Purdue now. Spartans obviously uh, not in the best spot here, uh, Mark. Off the big win over Michigan, going on the road as three-point favorites in West Lafayette. How about the Spartans and the Boilermakers? Which side do you like? We're going to find out what Mel Tucker is all about in this football game, guys. Uh, This is, as you mentioned, Matt, a real letdown spot for Michigan State. But since the inception of the college football playoff, it should not be a letdown spot. They've climbed themselves up to the number three slot. There should be no letdown for this football team. But you know there will because it was Michigan they beat, and they arrive in this football game undefeated. I think Purdue plays the perfect spoiler in this game. Jeff Brom is just ideal in this role. He's great with revenge. He's great as an underdog. You've dressed him up as a home underdog. He's done a lot of damage in the past. I think he'll do a lot of damage on Saturday. I think they knock Michigan State off on Saturday. You can follow him on Twitter at Mark Lawrence. So Mark, we appreciate the time, sir. Thank you very much, as always. Hey, my pleasure, guys. You enjoy the games. Be well and stay safe. Appreciate that, man. You must never ask me to stay safe. Stay safe, JVT. <laughs> like enjoy the football games and be well. I will. Okay. I will appreciate that. And once, one more thing. Stay safe. Okay. Uh, I got, was getting washed uh, on the other side. We're going to have more. Uh, we're going to have best bets and looking at the NBA, but there's been a lot of moves. <laughs> huh. I had uh, a couple people text me this morning about, what do you like in college football? This is a, a pretty ugly college football card. I don't like the NFL general. card either. It's, it's tough to find plays this yeah. week, so you get more questions than usual from people. What do you like this week? Because yeah. it's, it's, uh, it is tough to really find things. I'm, I'm, play, I'm going to play Rutgers against Wisconsin. Uh, I played Texas, Iowa State over the total. Uh, New Mexico over UNLV. I played Hawaii plus seven and a half against San Diego State. We'll get to some best bets on the other side. But yeah, it's been uh, it's hard it's hard to find games this week that uh, I really like. But Rutgers right now you can grab plus thirteen and a half at Circa, and that's going to be a play for me that I'm going to add to my best bets list today because um, I think the uh, Scarlet Knights are live home dogs here against a one-dimensional Wisconsin offense. But anyway, that's another game in the Big Ten that kind of flies under the radar this week mm-hmm. with Michigan State at Purdue being the uh, big game in the conference. Yep. Yeah, there's a lot of uh, – we've talked about this, but the, uh, the late-night games too, uh, especially in some of these other conferences like the Mountain West and some interesting matchups like Nevada catchers, Millay and 10 against a team uh, like San Jose State, who has been disappointing, but I think maybe he started to find its footing, but we'll have a little bit more. Well, there's some games I really like in the Mountain West conference this yeah. week. Yeah, but if you think about LSU-Alabama, this used to be a huge game. Bama's a 29-point favorite. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Not exactly as thrilling as before. All right, we'll come back. We have best bets and more here on The Edge. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> 
Bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> Bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. As someone who lives for politics, when a major scandal unfolds... It was shocking. I have to know, what were they thinking? Backroom deals. Huge amounts of money. CIA secrets. Sets off a firestorm in Washington. Affairs. No way this guy's got a mistress. Corruption. I knew I was a dead man. Warning, it's even messier than you thought. United States of Scandal with Jake Tapper, Sunday at 9 on CNN. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to The Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. This is The Edge on VSIN, the sports betting network. The Sports Betting National Championship is coming up this weekend, and VSIN will provide live coverage from the main event all weekend long, including on location updates for all the action. I believe Brady Cannon's going to be one of the guys on site in New Jersey this week. Visit slash SBNC for more information. Learn how you can enter for a chance to test your skills. Against the world's best handicappers, win cash, including the million-dollar top prize, vcin.com slash sbnc. Again, vcin.com slash sbnc. I know Randy McKay is going to be in this. Frank Betty. Nice. You're going to have some big-time uh, sports bettors in this thing. But I, I have heard a couple guys express concerns about this, JBT. Mm. The NFL card is not very attractive this week. And the same is true of what we just said about the college football card. So when you're having a sports betting national championship over three days and you don't love the NFL card or the college football card, that makes it a lot more challenging. You better come up with some winners in the NBA on Friday night. That's true. But this is Wednesday. What do you have for Wednesday best bets in the association? Yes. Uh, so first off, a recap from yesterday. The Miami Heat get it done against the Dallas Mavericks. Nice. Uh, really good performance from Miami. He fell down 17-7 to and then just put the clamps down yeah. after that. Uh, and, you know, the Mavericks were hitting a lot of three-point shots. So it's going to happen. But this is a good Heat team, man. They're pretty solid defensively. They've got the pieces to handle a, a you know big-bodied guy like Luka Doncic. So yeah. matched up well and ultimately ended well. Heat That's my number one team in the East right now. Yeah, right now it's got to be. But yeah, yeah, I know it's a long way to go. Well, that we got five months to go, and we're going to tie it into the yeah the two plays here. <laughs> uh, f- so for the Wednesday plays, uh, we're going to go back to the Raptors train. Right Monday, uh, they were catching seven against the New York Knicks. Got it done outright, ruined the vibe at the Garden. Right, no Bing Bong on Monday <laughs> night. Nope, it was all about the Toronto Raptors. Uh, look, this is a Raptors team that's uh, finding its stride here a little bit. They've won and covered four consecutive games. Uh, they are starting to get it offensively a little bit more. Uh, so this is a two part thing. This is me kind of riding a Raptors train that I think is going to start to take off. The other part is I think the Washington Wizards humans are starting to show their signs that while they're off to a really good start, uh, this is not a team that I think uh, has some long-term success, right? They're an average team. They're a playoff team, but they're going to start to fall back to the pack here. And that started out on Monday night where they got beat up by the Atlanta Hawks. Mm -hmm. Uh, If you look at what the Hawks did to them in the half court, their half court defense uh, is failing a little bit here. The Washington Wizards, uh, they generate a lot of action within four feet of the basket, but not so much from the perimeter. The Toronto Raptors did a great job of limiting shots within four feet. Good in transition to good three-point shooting team. And by the way, no Davis Bertans today either. So one of the worst three-point shooting teams doesn't have one of their best three-point shooters. Mm -hmm. Uh, I just think I'm just going to continue to kind of get on this Raptors train and go against the Wizards as much as I can 
in these next couple of games before the market resets. So give me Raptors plus three and a half. Raptors have nice road wins over the Celtics and the Knicks. Yeah. Well, and by the way, in both of those two, six and a half and seven point underdogs. Yeah. So you know the market's kind of slept on them in those in those spots. And the other, you know, we talk about figuring things out and getting a little bit better. I think the Nets are on the verge of potentially doing that. And look, their last two opponents, it's Indiana and Detroit. So I get it. You don't want to get too crazy about it. But against Detroit, they have their, by far, best single-game offensive rating of the year, uh, well over 130 in terms of the individual offensive rating for that game. And very quietly, I wrote about it and brought it up to you yesterday, James Harden is starting to figure out this whole thing in terms of the way they're calling this game. 47 points, 11 to 20 shooting, 18 rebounds, 20 assists over the last two games for James Harden. Oh, and by the way, 19 trips to the free-throw line against the Pacers. So, yeah. again, he's, start, <laughs> he's starting to figure things out here a little yeah. bit. And I just think this team is taking on an Atlanta team that is also, how about this? Last three games for the Hawks, defensive rating a 119.9. They're giving up 69% at the rim this season. Transition defense, one of the worst in the NBA. And this is a Brooklyn Nets team that wants to get out and run. Their frequency of transition has gone up over the last three games. So I'm just I'm going to try to find the trend here, at least in terms of the Nets starting to cover some games. They covered against the Pistons, and I think they're going to continue to do so as the market's a little low. And right. here's the other thing. So they're down to four and a half now, the Brooklyn Nets. Keep in mind that this Nets team was just laying six last week against the Wizards, who were five and a half point underdogs at Atlanta last week. So right. that just doesn't compute from a power rating perspective. So give me Brooklyn. All right, JVT, NBA season record, 11 and six. vcin.com slash JVT. Yes. It's unrealistic to think James Harden's going to have four or six free throw attempts on average in these NBA games. The way he plays, right. he's going to go to the line about ten times a game. People forget he's legitimately eight good at attacking times, the rim. Eight like, to ten times a game, right? right? What he averaged last year, free throw attempts per game, check that out. I remember, you know, it's just difficult when a guy plays like that not to call fouls once in a while, send him to the free throw line. And In college, I, I officiated some basketball games to make extra money on the side. I would never call fouls. I, I, I wanted the, the game to be as physical as possible, and, and a lot of times the guys would just cry and complain. He hacked me, hit me on the arm. I said, well, don't be a bleep. Be a man. Take it to the hole. I'm not going to call fouls on everything. One guy threatened to shoot me in the parking lot after the game. Well, that's good. Huh? That's good. I remember yeah. a Little League game. We beat the White Sox yeah. out here, and their, co- their manager took our manager out of the parking lot, threatened him at gunpoint. It's good. <laughs> I slapped a tech on that guy, by the way. <laughs> I said, I'll see you in the parking lot. Get him lot. out. No, I did. I threw him out of the game. But, you know, you're not going to call touch fouls and stuff like that. And that's the way the NBA has been. That's the point. That's what kind of way the flopping and the touch fouls. It's too long. I think the officiating is going to adjust a little bit, but it's not going to adjust as far as people think. Like, yeah. Harden's still going to get his 8 to 10 free throw attempts a game. How many, how many did he average uh, last season? So last season, between the two teams, about 7.5. But if you look at his previous six years with the Rockets, so you're talking about like 10.2, 11, so like in that 10 to 11 range. Yeah, 11, so that's a lot of free right. throw So he'll probably get down to like I'll 7 or like, 8. I'll say somewhere around 8 free throw attempts a game. And keep in mind, too, like I said, last year he averaged 7.3 and was still 24.6 points per game, 10.9 rebounds, 10.5 assists. Yeah. Right, like He's still a really good player. The, right, the uh, the rumors of his demise greatly exaggerated. I think he's going right. to be just fine. All right, here we go. College football best bets. I had three I put up uh, yesterday. I'm going to stick with those. Michigan State minus three. Kenneth Walker, I think, is going to be too much uh, for the Purdue defense to handle. Uh, I've been right on Purdue almost every week. I don't think this is a, a big play. This is such a situational spot that screams mm-hmm. play the home dog here. Uh, but it – a couple weeks ago, Purdue was in a great spot at home against Wisconsin, and the Badgers steamrolled them on the ground. And I think Kenneth Walker could do the same. Uh, Purdue's going to have to prove it to me in this spot. So Michigan State minus three in West Lafayette. I'm going to go uh, – I did lay one with New Mexico. You can lay one and a half right now at the uh, South Point. This is a UNLV team that hasn't won a game in about 700 and some days. you got a coaching – big coaching advantage on the Lobos side. It is a New Mexico team that won a game at Wyoming – before a buy, and has had extra prep time here. I think everything points to the Lobos. I'll be stunned if UNLV wins a game. Marcus Arroyo is going to have to prove it too. And uh, let's go to the last game on the board Saturday night. Let's do it. Hawaii as a home dog plus seven and a half against San Diego State. The Aztecs off that dream crushing loss to Fresno. And uh, don't forget, Siobhan Cordero is back a quarterback. Uh, for Hawaii, and uh, that's a Hawaii team that upset Fresno State in Honolulu a few weeks ago, so it's certainly a capable home dog. I'm also going to add Rutgers plus 13.5 against Wisconsin. I think the uh, Scarlet Knights, uh, live dogs in this spot against a one-dimensional Badgers offense. 
Uh, like Greg Schiano, I think he's going to have his team ready to possibly pull the upset here. Uh, if, you're, if you're talking about double-digit favorites in college football that are fragile this week, I would think Wisconsin's got to be near the top of the list, mm-hmm. laying 13-and-a-half at Rutgers. Uh, so let's go that way. That got four plays in college football and one in the NFL. Uh, Giants plus three over the Raiders. And uh, there are a lot of reasons for this, and it's not just what happened to, to Henry Ruggs. I, w- I was going to be on the Giants before the uh, incident with uh, Henry Ruggs. By the way, that's a completely disgusting uh, situation. Uh, I saw somebody post on Twitter today about how he feels bad for Henry Ruggs. <laughs> Stop. Uh, I don't feel one bit bad for Henry Ruggs. And I hope the, the most severe punishment he can face is what he gets. The, the woman he killed in that uh, auto accident died in a fireball, JBT. You've, you've seen the, the video footage, right? Yep. It was uh, pretty disgusting reading the details. So uh, there's no universe in which I would feel bad for Henry Ruggs. No, not at all. I think it's, you know, it's you don't want to trivialize it and call it a distraction, but it, it's it's a controversy that the Raiders got to deal with this week. And I, it, there's no way it can be a positive thing whatsoever. And I think Derek Carr and Rich Passaccia have proven that they're pretty strong leaders and they can um, they can get this team steered in the right direction and they can beat a bad team like the Giants. It's like they beat the Broncos, just like they beat uh, before the bye, like they beat the Eagles. Mm-hmm. But the Giants... I look, I look at the Giants so much better. They're so much better in the underdog role for some reason. 23-7 and seven against the spread in the past 30 as road dogs. Now, that's road dogs. They're not as good as home at home, but they did beat the Panthers 25-3 to three as home dogs a couple of weeks ago. Joe Judge, I think his job's in jeopardy. Daniel Jones uh, should get Saquon Barkley, and I think his receivers should be fully healthy. And that's the thing you got to watch this week. If you get Barkley and those receivers back on the field, I think the Giants win the game. Uh, so that's one NFL play I'm going to be on uh, this week is Giants plus three over the Raiders. I like it. Hey, really quickly, uh, we are in the last few seconds of the show. Uh, we are doing something fun. We did it last Wednesday, doing it again this Wednesday. Check out the Twitter account at MeJVT because we're doing a live stream before the basketball games tonight. We go over every single one of the contests on the NBA. Is that right? Yeah. Live stream. Twitch.tv slash BJVT, the VEASAN YouTube channel is what I'm supposed to promote legally. Is that Uh, from your home office? It is from my home office, yeah, with my two backdrops at an angle right behind me. So you can go check that out. Uh, Great production value in it as well. So check that out, VEASAN.com or YouTube.com. Slash VEASAN Live. With that, we are all done. Go to VEASAN.com slash podcast. If you missed out any part of this show, and VEASAN.com slash JVT, of course, to check out the amazing writing that is up there. My Guys in the Desert, coming up next. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Whether it's your first time betting or you've been gambling for years, have a plan and know the game. Be aware of the rules and odds before you gamble. Set a budget and never gamble with money you can't afford to lose. Take a break and consider teaming up with trusted friends to help you stick to your budget. Remember, if you or a loved one has a gambling problem, call 1-800-GAMBLER 24-7 or go to helpmygamblingproblem.org for free confidential services. I'm Dr. Sanjay Gupta, CNN's chief medical correspondent, and this is Chasing Life. Three out of four U.S. adults are considered overweight or have obesity. 75% of Americans. Dr. Fatima Cody-Stanford. Our weight is one factor that plays a role in our health. But by itself, it doesn't give us the full story of who we are. We have to look at our full person. Listen to Chasing Life, streaming now on the iHeartRadio app. Welcome to 500 Greatest Songs, a podcast based on Rolling Stone's hugely popular, influential, and sometimes controversial list. I'm Brittany Spanos. And I'm Rob Sheffield. We're here to shed light on the greatest songs ever made and discover what makes them so great. From classics like Fleetwood Mac's Dreams to the Ronettes' Be My Baby, and modern day classics like The Killer's Mr. Brightside. Listen to Rolling Stone's 500 Greatest Songs on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.